Hi everyone, my name is Gabriel and this is the Hour of the Raven, your channel for everything Ravenloft, RPG, Dungeons and Dragons and Horror. Today we are going to explore the secrets of Dominia, unraveling the mysteries of its tormented patients and the medical staff at this macabre asylum for the mentally disturbed. But first, a brief gratification. Before we started to explore the Sea of Sorrows, our exploration through the mists took place in the core of Ravenloft, and passed through domains that had already been inserted and described in novels, adventures, and mainly in the Ravenloft gazetteers. Books that brought detailed information about the domains and their dark lords. Until that moment, I had taken care to feature the Ravenloft setting in my videos, taking into account only official sources. However, in the case of Dominia, and other domains not previously covered by the Ravenloft gazetteers, I intend to expand on these sources of information. Dominia first appeared in the red box of the Ravenloft campaign setting in 1994 and featured a Dark Lord who had appeared as a major character in the Feast of Goblins adventure. After these first appearances, the domain received only mentions in the Domains of Dread campaign setting, but was described in detail in the Bleak House campaign. The domain should have been covered in one of the third edition gazetteers, focused on the Sea of Sorrows, but unfortunately, White Wolf's license to release books for the setting came to an end, and these books haven't been written. However, the Ravenloft fan community wouldn't let the setting rot in oblivion. The Fraternity of Shadows website, the most well-known and organized site for fans of the setting, has published netbooks that continue the gazetteer's proposal, exploring in depth and detail the domains of dread. Some of these books explore the Nocturnal Sea, the domain of Sorring, or the cluster of Zerisha, for example, and for some time now, they have developed a gazetteer for the Sea of Sorrows. Although the gazetteer for the Sea of Sorrows is not yet finalized and published as a single book, some of its passages describing some domains have already been published as previews in the Court of the Raven netbooks. I will, I will leave the link where you can download the book. The next video about Dominia will be based on the official setting material and the article about Dominia written by Leishon Deepshadow Campbell. The article on Dominia was published as a preview of the Sea of Sorrows Gazetteer, and it's possible that the final text will change when the Gazetteer is finally published. Are you ready? On our journey through the Sea of Sorrows in search of the whereabouts of Dr. Rudolf von Richten, we were taken prisoner by our enemies and sent to the sanatorium of the island of Dominia as insane patients. Forced to wear grey cloaks and with masks attached to our faces, we are subjected to dehumanizing and torturous treatment, and no one seems to hear our pleas. Under the effects of drugs of spells, and weakened by our torments, we enter a state of isolation, paranoia, and delirium, and at some point, we mention the name of Dr. Van Richten. This fact seems to allow some of the masquerades around us, and at night, 
we are shown into a large hall where a feast awaits us in the presence of Dr. Dominiani. For a moment, Dr. Da Cloud Heimfroth assures that the treatment given us was a mistake and asks us how we ended up here. After revealing his resume as an alienist and the history of his institution, to reassure us, he extracts from us information about the search for Dr. Juan Richten. When we start questioning him about the presence of the famous monster hunter among the patients in his sanatorium, however, he pretends to be unaware of what we are talking about and claims that we are suffering from delusions. Our protests are silenced by Dr. Dominiani penetrating gaze that causes us extreme mental confusion and we are taken by inexplicable impulses. He then ordered the staff to sedate us and take us to our cells. Back in our cells, we are again lured into a deep sleep state. In our collective dream, we are free and walking along the abandoned corridors of the sanatorium. Soon, an enigmatic figure without robes or masks beckon us and guide us to a secret passage in the basement of the asylum. There, a group of people is gathered. Welcome to Ward Zero. There was one of the figures in the secret room. In the dreams, we are protected from the doctors of the asylum, and we devise a way to escape these horrors. Come on, we have a lot of secrets to uncover and strategies to discuss. Soon, we enter this dreamlike conspiracy to unlock the secrets of Dominia. The island of Dominia is small and remote but it holds macabre and disturbing secrets in its forest and sanatorium. The forest surrounding Dr. Da Cloud's island for the mentally disturbed grow on very fertile soil, and despite the temperate climate, vegetation from different parts of the land of the myths managed to be cultivated on the island. This productive soil is used to the extreme by Dr. Da Cloud to cultivate the harassed species of plants, securing a wide variety of herbs and ingredients for his experiments. Some poisonous herbs that are only found in Borca, Cartacas or Forlon are found in the region and are grown in farms around the sanatorium walls. In these collective work farms, patients are directed to therapeutic work activities of soil cultivation. The figures in cloaks and masks who work in the land often act in a monotonous and automatic way in repetitive activities and are mostly catatonic patients or who underwent lobotomy procedures to become calmer and more manageable. This fertile soil of the island also nourishes and strengthens a myriad of monstrous vegetation such as carnivorous plants and strangler vines. Most of these plant aberrations 
were bred and cultivated by another monster, which terrorized this forest, an evil trend called Wormwood. This monster was the terror of the wilds of the media for a long time, but its reign of horror came to an end when it was lured into a trap by the raven king that inhabited the island and fell into a sinkhole. Wormwood was trapped in a deep pit filled with poisonous lime for its roots. The raven king then set his upper body on fire and then buried the creature with rocks to ensure it was dead and buried. Death was not the end for Warwood, however. The creature became an undead monstrosity and it craves to drain the blood of living creatures with its roots. If it finally managed to escape his entombment, it will bring a terrible vengeance and a new age of horror. Many ravens inhabit the island and nest on the huge stone cliffs. These ravens of unusual size hide a dozen ravenkin. These creatures are a force for good and try to fight the evil and help the torment patients trapped in the sanatorium. They don't risk exposing themselves or taking a more active stance to make their presence known as they know that Dr. Dominiani could easily destroy them. Another inhabitant of the woods surrounding the asylum is a patient who managed to escape Dr. Dominiani. This patient lives in the woods like a wild animal and has managed to escape numerous capture attempts. Knowing he is unable to flee the island, Dr. Dominiani decided to study the patient's habits from a distance to try to better understand his madness. This patient was captured by the Valstyke caravan in the frigid lands of Vorstokov and taken into the asylum care when he was just 11 years old. Called Kristnad by the Vistanis, which means marked by revenge, his destiny is linked to a potent curse and a revenge. Chris is a Feralan having been abandoned in the wilds of Vorostokov as a child and raised like a wild animal by a pack of wolves. Unable to speak, he was one of the special patients on the Ward Zero, but the force of his fate and the curse saved him from death and he managed to escape the mysterious fire that destroyed the secret ward. The Valstic Caravan is one of the only Vistani tribes that frequent the island, taking advantage of their ability to travel through the mists to conduct business with Dr. Dominiani. When Dominia was still completely isolated by mists, the Vausti came to the island and saw an excellent business opportunity in its isolation. Not only did they trade in goods for the asylum, but proposed an effective means of bringing new patients for Dr. The Cloud. Led by Madame Tzura, they traveled the land of the mists, advertising the asylum services and collecting patients on their vador for a journey to the mists for their treatment. Although many are voluntarily delivered by their families, the caravan sometimes hunts and kidnaps victims for its business. 
Some of the vados have windowless cells, enchanted with mystical effects, capable of removing fear and putting the patients to sleep to facilitate their transport. In the center of the island is Dr. Dominiani Asylum for the Mentally Disturbed. The wallet construction has an internal courtyard where the inmates can carry out recreational and sport activities. At the rear end of the asylum, there is a poorly preserved cemetery, where unmarked graves keep the bodies of some patients. The only exception to this pattern is the mausoleum of Annabeth, Dr. Dominiani's dead wife. The stone mausoleum looks abandoned, with vegetation growing over its walls. Despite Annabeth's body not being inside the script, the place is considered consecrated, and the island's undead cannot enter its interior. Annabeth died long before Dr. Da Cloud became the Dark Lord of Dominia, and the emergence of this mausoleum in the island is a taunt and torment of the Dark Powers. The biggest secret of this script, however, is that it may offer one of the few chances to escape the sanatorium. Those who pass through the mausoleum's entrance between midnight and 1 am and ask about Annabeth will open a mistway connecting these lands to the dark tunnels of the domain of Timor. This isn't the only portal that connects Dominia to other domains in the Land of the Mists, however. In War II, Run 319, it's kept locked and empty, due to the strange disappearance of patients from this cell. It all started with a single patient who suffered from strange delusions, claiming to be an emissary from an otherworldly alien entity. This patient displayed strange psionic talents and had a habit of spitting on the cell walls as if wishing to mold its bricks into a sort of nest or conduit for psionic energy. These preparations of this patient were carefully studied by the medical team, until one day, reports indicate that tentacles began to emerge from his mouth, and the room became a portal to the home of this unknown entity, taking the patient to a distant land. Since this first disappearance, Cell 319 has been a point of contact between Dominia and the lands of Blutspur, and the elitid god brain has a chance to probe the minds of the inmates imprisoned in this room. Patients imprisoned here reveals that the cell feeds on their psychic energy and begins to undergo a transformation. The room starts to get hot, and the walls start to feel damp and slimy sometimes using blood when cut, or squeezing acids and gas. Its modifications become increasingly surreal and disturbing, with its wall becoming undulating and fluid, until they close in on the prisoner, transporting them straight into the domain of Blutspur. Dr. Dominiani has kept the room in isolation, but he sometimes put patients in this cell, in the hope of being able to contact the alien intelligence of the elitid god brain. 
Not only has this mist portal engulfed patients to become food for the mind flayers of Bloodsport, but it also opened the door to infestation from those cursed lands. The room has become an entry point for cranial rats, a species of psionic rodents that share a hive mind. For now, few of these creatures infest the asylum but they become more intelligent and dangerous as more cranium rats infiltrate the asylum and soon they could become a greater threat. In this macabre asylum, patients and medical staff dress in grey cloaks and masks, becoming indistinguishable. The biggest and most disturbing secret of this institution is that most of its staff are undead creatures in the service of their vampiric master. <laughs> Centuries ago, Dr. Cloud Heimfroth, in his attempt to find a cure for insanity, developed a method of draining brain fluids from sane patients to inject it into insane patients in order to cure their madness. After some positive signs and fearing he was being taken over by the madness that plagued his family, Dr. Dominiani decided to perform the procedure on himself and injected the brain fluids of a young woman he had kidnapped. The unwitting donor, however, was a victim of Duke Gundar and was being groomed to become the vampire's bride, being turned into a vampiric companion. Cerebral fluids mixed with vampire blood turned Dr. Dominiani into a new vampiric strain a cerebral vampire who feeds on the brain fluids of his victims through wounds at the base of their skulls. These creatures have no reflections or shadows and walk completely silently. To still require to rest in coffins, cerebral vampires are unaffected by sunlight or holy water. This rare strain of vampire cannot stand the smell of alcohol and a stake through their heart will only temporarily paralyze them. Their final destruction can only be achieved if their bodies are strapped in straitjackets, impaled and decapitated. The gaze of these creatures can cast a hypnotic pattern over their victims, and their touch is capable of induced confusion on the mind of their victims. Victims drained by a cerebral vampire become increasingly weak in their intellect, having their intelligence and wisdom drained. Those who are drained to death in this way are brought back from death as cerebral ghouls. These undeads are slaves to their creator's will, and many of them compose the hospital staff, infiltrating among the patients and carrying out a task assigned to them. Only Dr. Dominiani knows the secret process to create and transform new cerebral vampires, but he is careful with his choices, fearing that one day he will be betrayed by one of his creations, as he himself has betrayed his master, Duk Gunda, in the past. Almost all of the doctors who run the facility are cerebral vampires and are bound to the will of their master, as are the members of the ship Mercy. The captain of the Mercy vessel, Rigid Baikur, is a violent and bloodthirsty cerebral vampire, 
While alive, he was a sailor on a trading vessel, but he became adrift in a boat with his companions after the vessel was attacked by pirates. With no provisions, he murdered and devoured his shipmates to survive, until the tides washed him ashore in Dominia, in a delirious state on the brink of death. After being taken to the sanatorium, he impressed Dr. Dominiani for his ferocity and will to live, and was turned into a cerebral vampire. Dr. Dominiani used his resources to acquire a caravel he named Mercy, and installed Captain Baker as its commander, as well as a crew of cerebral ghouls. Baker became a representative of Dominia in other lands, and the vessel appears to be a respectable medical ship for transporting patients. Once inside the ship, however, incoming patients are sedated with a paralyzing poison made from the red coral that grows around the island. They are then imprisoned in wooden coffins, sealed with nails, and placed in the hold of the ship where they are fed through small openings. This paralysis do not remove the victim's consciousness, and most arrive in Dominia with serious trauma and signs of insanity, <laughs> resulting from this long and claustrophobic journey in a coffin. In addition to Captain Baikur, another cerebral vampire also probes the Mercy ship. Young Colin looks like a 13 years old boy and acts as a deckhand and assistant to the captain. The young man was captured and taken to the island for his mental disorders and ended up proving himself a valuable sailor to Captain Baikur and transformed into a cerebral vampire. Although he is a loyal servant of the captain and Dr. Dominiani, young Colin suffers from multiple personalities and has two distinct identities. Sometimes his good personality emerges and this one wants to secretly help the patients on the island to escape. Not all patients who come to Dominia are insane. Recently, the island had struck deals to keep political prisoners, receiving kidnapped people in its facilities, who need to disappear for some time from the public life, or be used as hostages. The island patients are distributed in wards, according to their type of insanity and temperament. Ward 1 is led by Dr. Green and houses non-violent patients, often consisting of people who are incapacitated by major trauma, becoming lost ones and disconnected, or people in catatonic states. Among the patients of this ward is a female abernomad, known only as Patient 4, a native to the mythical nightmare lands and capable of wandering through dreamscapes. Another dream-walking patient, whose body is catatonic, is Raymond, one of the new leaders of the Ward Zero resistance movement that was established in the sanatorium. Patients in this ward are treated as livestock and the main source of nourishment for the cerebral vampires. War 2 is led by Dr. Blue, and it houses patients who have their reasoning and intellect impaired by some injury or disability, 
as well as most of the Calibans interned in the institution. One group housed in this wing are the Tremblers, a group of people who seem to be in a shivering and comatose state and who were sent here as prisoners. Victims of a race of wax golems created by the infamous Alexander Dussard at Pohalucine, they had their image duplicated into these wax constructs, which keep them in this coma while the wax golems stole their identity and lives, infiltrating society in the capital of Dimuri. Dr. Dominiani profits from this arrangement, but he is experimenting with the bodies and believes he may be able to influence the constructs at a distance. Ward 3 is led by Dr. White and houses patients who are fully thinking and who have overcome the lethargy of trauma, but are still making progress in their treatment. The place also shelters people who are delirious or who go through hallucination and other process of disconnection with reality. Many of the patients claim to be haunted by invisible spirits or forces. One of the patients in this ward is Maceta, a Kevari. She looks like a calm and peaceful woman, but during the full moon period, she turned into a murderous psychopath. This ward is also home to Talga Boshnik, the aristocrat of the family that rules Novavaza. In the past, Talgar Boshnik's murderous impulses were discovered when it was revealed that he was the serial killer known as the Cantora Strangler. His family's influence made him escape execution, but he was committed to Dr. Gregorian Ilhausen's sanatorium in the city of Ergetus. He was making progress in dealing with his homicidal tendencies, but had a relapse under the influence of the Nightmare Court. He mysteriously disappeared from the sanatorium one night, but was found and captured by the Vistani of the Valstai caravan. Now, far from the Boshnik's influence, he is one of the tormented in this asylum. <laughs> Lastly, Ward 4 is led by Dr. Black and houses the institution's most dangerous and violent patients. The most dangerous patient in this ward is the terrible Gold King. This individual has no hair on its body and its appearance is cadaverous with sunken eyes and pointed teeth. His cannibalistic habits demands that he is always tied up to prevent attacks on other patients and staff members. His real name is Maximilian de la Martine and despite his appearance, he is a very intelligent individual. Once a scholar of the occult, his body is in the midst of a demonic transposition of an entity known as Zunork. Dominiani carefully observes this patient and allows him to fulfill his desire to write a book about his occult knowledge, assigning an undead servant to transcribe what he dictates. His work, a book filled with profane rituals and occult lore, is titled The Path of the Dragon. In the basement of the asylum, we can find the ruins of the mysterious Ward Zero, a secret underground chamber where Dr. Dominiani kept his patients of special interest. 
Only peculiar individuals were kept for the experiments, such as the Feralan Chris, a nomadic Eba from the Nightmare Lands, known only as Patient 4, a Were Badger, a Hengokai, and a Doppelganger Colored Mirror, trained to obey and emulate other patients of the sanatorium, and frequently used by Dominiani to prove that he can cure madness in his patients. Tormented by the sadistic master of the sanatorium, they formed a secret alliance, and with the help of patients for knowledge, they began to meet secretly in the dream world. Plotting against Dr. Dominiani, they sought a way to undermine the work of the medical staff, ease the suffering of patients, and establish escape routes from the islands. Dr. Dominiani, eventually, discovered their treacherous plans and decimated Ward Zero in a fire. Of the original lineup, only the Federalan Chris and Patient 4 survived. Chris escaped and roams the woods like a savage, and Patient 4 has been taken to Ward 1, deemed to be of little danger. Despite this, in the dream world, she continues to recruit new members for the Ward Zero which although the underground level has been shut down, they remain active in its rebellious intent. They are careful to recruit new members who are discreet and not totally insane, and they communicate with the help of the Ravenkin, with whom they maintain an alliance. Their members never meet in person in the waking world, but as night falls, they are guided into a shared dream where they lay out their plans. All the madness and suffering of the asylum also attracted a dreaded predator. The gentleman is a fey monster and boogeyman that feeds on madness and fear and that haunts the halls of the asylum. This creature looks like a tall, thin man dressed in immaculate white lab coat. His skin is pale with purple tones and his face always wears a perpetual sinister smile as he flows through the halls. Only madmen can see this apparition as it wanders silently through its corridors. When he marks a victim, he uses a supernatural ability to make them see his image superimposed over other people, making the victim believe that they are surrounded by a crowd of gentlemen on all sides generating a great paranoia to isolate his victims. When necessary, he summons his hounds to pursue his victims, humanoid figures wrapped in bandages and with long open-faced straitjackets who walk in four legs. All these tactics serve to isolate his victims, whereupon he makes a hush gesture, preventing his victims from screaming for help and approaches them with a syringe and a scalpel for surgery. The gentleman then performs psychic surgery, extracting an organ from the target and leaving a horrible scar behind. Those who undergo this attack are cured of their madness, but suffer a terrible curse. Later medical examinations show that the organs supposedly removed in the surgery are still in their bodies, functioning regularly, but the cursed ones 
are sometimes permanently robbed of their emotions. The greatest horrors of this asylum, however, are the leaders of its medical staff. With the exception of Dr. Dominiani, all other staff members are dressed in robes and masks, being indistinguishable from the patients. The only exception, however, are the doctors who are members of the clinical staff responsible for leading and managing the sanatorium and commanding the wards of the asylum, distinguished only by robes of different colors. Their names are not known by the patients, who refer to them only as Dr. Green, Dr. Blue, Dr. Brown, Dr. Black and Dr. White. Among these doctors, the only one who does not command a specific ward of the institution is Dr. Brown, who is responsible for conducting behavior re-education and conditioning experiments. The identity of Dr. Brown is that of a Lamordian physician, Piotr Renner, an expert in the psychology of pain. The sadistic doctor is obsessed with his research into behavior reconditioning through pain and after corresponding with Dr. Cloud, he accepted his proposal to become a member of the asylum and extended his research beyond his mortal lifespan by becoming a cerebral vampire. His painful experiments conditioned patients to develop the desired behavior, having painful associations when they don't conform to the patterns to which they are conditioned. Dr. Green is another doctor and cerebral vampire with a disturbing past. Harold Tasker hails from the distant lands of Novavaza, where he worked for many years at their Ghetto's clinic. The doctor had an intimate relationship with the Nightmare Court and a deep knowledge of the dream world, and only recently arrived at Dr. Dominiani to be employed in the institution. His transformation into a cerebral vampire finally freed him from the need for sleep and his bond to the nightmare lands. But he is still able to enter the dreamlike version of the sanatorium when he feeds on a patient. His knowledge of the dream world could make him a major threat for the secret group of the Ward Zero. He currently manages Ward 1. Ward 2 is led by Dr. Blue. Dr. Blue is actually a fear, an aberration that forms from nightmares and dormant magical energies and feeds on emotions. Dr. The Cloud has some larvae of these creatures for study at his asylum in Gundarak and after adventurers invaded his stronghold, one of these larvae managed to escape and mature into this aberration. Fascinated with the monstrosity, Dr. The Cloud began to observe the creature and establish a productive relationship with the monster, who now acts as a member of his team, feeding of the emotion of others. The aberration remains invisible most of the time and uses a humanoid familiar as its means of interacting with others. It is this familiar who wanders around the sanatorium with mask and the blue cloak, but the invisible monster follow in his wake. Dr. White is a vampire woman with psionic powers, a descendant of the Tani, the people who once inhabited the devastated lands of Blutzburg.
Kitan was plagued by dreams of revenge against the Mind Flayers who enslaved her people, and agreed to be turned into a vampire by Lisa von Sarovich to silence these dreams and visions. For a time, she served as Lisa's guide on her journey to Bloodspool to conspire with the Mind Flayers, but after the vampire's plan failed, she outlived her usefulness for her master. When they returned to Gundaract after Dukundar's death, Dr. Dominiani became interested in the vampires with psionic powers and made a deal with Lisa von Sarovich to give her servant to his services. Since then, she has been with her master of the sanatorium and currently wears the white mantle and command war tree. Unlike the other undead, she is not a cerebral vampire and feeds only of the blood of her victims, emerging only at night. Finally, the doctor in charge of Ward 4 is Henry Bagaron, an alchemical double who is Dr. Dominiani's main assistant. Henry is a mage and alchemist from the island of Gastria, was once an important member of the Fraternity of Shadows a secret group of wizards devoted to studying the mysteries and essence of the Land of the Mists. In the past, Dr. the Clown maintained ties and collaborations with the Fraternity of Shadows, and Henry was sent by the secret society to the lands of Gunderak to assist and spy on the work carried out by Dr. Dominiani. Although he corresponded with the Fraternity, Detailing the work and research of the Cerebral Vampire, Henry eventually became his main ally and supporter, and was his right-hand man during the brief attempt of Dominiani to rule the lands of Gundarak after the death of Duke Gundar. When the mists of the Grand Conjunction finally brought them to Dominia, Henry found himself imprisoned with his mentor in this asylum, losing his contact with the Fraternity of Shadows contributed to Dr. Dominiani's experiments in replicating the creation of cerebral vampires and to his own studies to create alchemical doubles, constructs made of blood and chemicals that are perfect replicas of the original body. The mists finally lifted and Dominia regained contact with the outside world through the Sea of Sorrows, but in trying to re-establish contact with the Fraternity of Shadows, Henry discovered that his former allies now viewed him with suspicions for his allegiance to Dominiani, and knew that they would try to assassinate him to silence the secrets he knew. He was right in his predictions, and a member of the fraternity came to Dominia with a mission to silence him. Anticipating his rival, he created an alchemical double of his body, and transferred his consciousness into that construct allowing his true body to be murdered. To ensure his anonymity, he became Dr. Black, forever hiding his identity, and remains one of Dr. Dominiani's main allies, now leading Ward 4, which houses the institution's most dangerous and violent patients. In the world of dreams and nightmares, we discover the horrors of this sanatorium through the revelations of the patients of Ward 0. Feeling safe in this dreamlike version of the sanatorium, we asked them about Dr. Van Richten, and some claimed that indeed the old hunter was among the patients on the island some years ago. 
enjoy the special attention of Dr. Dominiani, but escaped from the sanatorium with the help of adventurers. These facts are closely guarded in secrecy, and not even the members of Ward Zero can help us with this information. Perhaps only Dr. Dominiani might know the secrets behind the conspiracy that imprisoned Dr. Van Richten. A bold plan begins to form in our minds. If this dream world is a twisted version of the sanatorium in the real world, perhaps we could use the time we have left to explore Dr. Dominiani's room and office. The members of Ward Zero try to dissuade us from this course, but we are decided, and we advance through the sanatorium in search of Dr. Cloud Heimfroth's quarters. The room seems distorted by its master's evil, but we manage to enter the dreamlike version of his bedroom and office, where we search for the information. On his desk, we found a book with the perverse alienist notes, and we read his research records and memoirs, searching for information about our objectives. Join us, subscribe to this channel, and turn on notifications. And let's unravel the mysteries of the Cloud Heimfroth, the dreaded Dr. Dominiani.